Happy Monday morning. Hello and welcome to episode number 81 of the Audio Podcast with the boys, Jason and Alex on Cannell. So much to talk about today. So much to talk about today. How are you? Sorry for my absence last week, but I had shed loads going on. I did heaps of deals. I moved house. I bought heaps. It was epic. I built too many flat packs. I have a blister on my hand due to said flat packs. (laughs) I'm so over it. I still want to do deals, but I don't want to move anymore. Yeah. Moving house sucks. It sucks. It's my least favorite thing to do literally in the world. Mm. I think I've only moved house legit since I left home five times. I've probably done 15 times. Yeah. Stuff that. Mm. Uh, I just want to give a quick shout out to everyone who sent me messages of support and my wife messages support in the last week. Uh, There's actually been heaps and heaps of you. So thank you very much. We really appreciate it. Everything's looking good. Uh, I believe this coming week will be the week uh, that we have the new one, so you might have to do your solo episode next week. Um, but yeah, we'll uh, apparently we get a phone call the day before uh, we're booked in for the Caesar. So maybe Thursday at this stage. I'm hoping it's Thursday because that would be the 24th of February. So you could call him like Richie Benno because his birthday will be two four two twenty two. Old reference there. <laughs> thank you to our boomer crowd. Yeah, thanks, sports around. fans. Um, but it, let's get straight into it because there's so much to talk about at the moment. And what few... were you going to start with? Well, did you have a, an idea of what you wanted to start with? I wanted to start with the markets. You can start with the markets. So the markets, as in finance markets, have had an absolute crushing time over the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks. Just before we get into it, what we will be talking about. So it's in markets. Mm-hmm. We want to talk about... Briefly, what's happening in Russia and Ukraine mm-hmm. at the moment. Canada, mm-hmm. massive updates from Canada. And I want to make some predictions uh, for the next few months as well. Sure. So everything's in the red. Mm-hmm. Most things are in the red in terms of um, the markets, and especially in America. Mm-hmm. And there's pundits that believe that America is ripe for a 50% correction. Wow. And it's purely because so much free money entered the markets that everyone used to invest, mm-hmm. and which pumped up some companies beyond what they should be. Yep. But what was really interesting is the companies that were positively affected by the pandy mm-hmm. are now back down to pre-pandy prices, yep. or the triple P, pre-pandy mm-hmm. prices. Which goes to show that investors, the market thinks that this is all over. Yeah, agreed. So companies like Zoom, companies like uh, even Meta, Moderna, mm-hmm. companies that massively invested, uh, sorry, that massively benefited from everything that happened mm-hmm. and now right back to where they were. Yeah. Which I found very interesting mm. because market sentiment is often uh, a very real... Um, Real world indicator of of trends and and what's actually happening. Absolutely, and especially when you when you look at all the stories recently from the Congress members in America, and how unusual Wales the the Twitter page has kept exposing how many of these congressmen have beaten the market year after year after year because they. Why'd you say congressman when the worst ones are congresswoman? (laughs) Yeah, true. (laughs) The no, worst one, the best investor to, to be in fair. history, it's Nancy not Pelosi. Her, it's her husband. Her husband is the one that's investing. Yeah, that's and he's that's the loophole. Beating the S and P five hundred by a hundred times. Yeah, 
So what's really, really interesting is clearly they are making decisions both in Congress but also investment decisions to benefit themselves. So if, if the market is going backwards, it's because all of this stuff is starting to unravel. Yeah. And like you were saying, like the Moderna one is super interesting just for the sheer price raise that it got and then the drop and when the drop happened. Yeah, well, Jason and I were talking about it yesterday and we pulled up the data and Jason just, like I had the graph in front of me and Jason goes, what about this date? And I went back to that exact date and that was when the biggest plunge was. Yeah. And do you want to do you want to? Yeah, so, so the obviously the price jacked up at the start of uh, 2021, which was when the vaccine rollout started. Mm. And then six months later, so it was, it was about September, wasn't it, that, yeah. that it started falling off. So think about the vaccine rollout. So you would have had people getting their first jab in January or December if you were in America. And then you would have had them getting their subsequent jab between eight and 12 weeks later was mm-hmm. the original part of the rollout. And then obviously we've come to realize that most of these jabs lose their effectiveness after like six months. Mm-hmm. So then six months after people would have been fully vaccinated, Moderna's stock started to drop off. And that was around September, 2021. And then there was a bit of a spike in October, mm-hmm. which is when they started talking about boosters. Mm-hmm. But then since that spike, it's started to steadily decline mm-hmm. ever since then. Well, a guy wrote a paper about it and it was on the uh, show Unheard. If you've ever, if you're on YouTube, it's a really good um, channel to follow. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Unheard. And he's an economist and his paper was about, it's a reflection on the efficiency of the vaccines. Mm-hmm. And he goes, don't you mean efficacy? And he goes, no, no, no I don't. He goes, I'm, I'm not a scientist. I'm a, I'm a economist. Mm-hmm the vaccine was supposed to free up a certain level of efficiency for people to take it. Yeah. And it's not done that. That's Therefore, right. the market says, well, it, it's not very efficient, doesn't work. Yeah. There's got to be a better way. And they move their money somewhere else. And what Alex is referring to is the the way that the vaccine rollout was sold to us at the beginning was that if you went out and got double vaxxed, you would be able to ditch masks, go about life as mm. normal. So the economy was going to be able to keep running. Yeah. There was going to be no more lockdowns or, shut, or like no shutdowns, no business closures, none of that. That hasn't happened. So anywhere. It, literally anywhere. And there was a clip that uh, a friend of mine sent me through this morning of Bill Gates being interviewed. And Bill Gates has literally just come out and said that Omicron has done a better job of vaccinating the world than the vaccines have. Yeah. And he, he cited Africa. In Africa, 80% of people have either been exposed to the virus or have been vaccinated. And I'm pretty sure the, the vaccine rate in Africa is somewhere around 10%. It's very, very well, I low. Thought on, well, I know South Africa's 26. Right. I don't think... But I don't... Um, I think you would have specified South Africa. I think he was talking yeah. about Africa because sure. they keep saying that all the variants are coming from unvaccinated countries. And Africa. And thank you for the. Thank you, Africa, for sending us this this, yeah. uh, this variant. Thank yeah. you. We appreciate it. Which which I don't think came out of them, but anyway. Omicron did. I know South that it, Africa. I know that it started in South Africa, but I don't believe that it started because of unvaccinated populations. Which is the. I do. That's what I said at the beginning. I said because you've got. Remember, I said it on this show where mm-hmm. because we have in the highly vaccinated world you have a set framework for what your immunity looks like because mm-hmm. we, we elicit a response from the, from the vaccine. Mm. 
So when it's very easy for the, the virus to work its way around it, it figures out because it's got practice. Every time, every person's the same. The same yeah, same. that's we're Whereas saying it, the same thing. But well, no, no, because I'm I'm saying, aren't we saying? Did no, you you're. Just, are you saying that the variants come from unvaccinated people? Yes, I disagree. No, no. So let me finish. Yeah. So because our our um, immunity is primarily vaccination based, mm-hmm. it's a very set in concrete. Uh, immunity level, right? Mm-hmm. In the unvaxxed countries, it's changeable. Everyone's got a different immune response to it. Therefore, mm-hmm. it's harder to just replicate uh, into something more. Um, that's why that's why Omicron had like thirty two different mutations. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like something that would come out of a um, out of a vaccinator could have two um, two uh, mutations mutations and get around our vaccine. Yeah, but. Because I called it, I said it's going to come out of... I, I think studies will show in the future that the reason why was natural immunity turned uh, the... basically nullified the negative effects of the virus. I think it was more... So this is the reason why I think variants, uh, or at least the... why there, There's a lot of elements of what you're saying, which is true. How... So vaccine immunity only gives you a limited scope of immunity. Yeah. So that allows for selection of variants. Yeah. So... Delta was obviously the first one that really spread quite widely when the vaccine program rollout started. Mm -hmm. And then obviously Omicron's come after that. And I think that it's more so a case of if you're vaccinated and the virus tries to enter your system, you're putting evolutionary pressure on that virus to have to mutate to get around the vaccine. And because we've had such a large amount of people vaccinated with the exact same vaccines... That gives the virus millions of people to have a crack at to get around yeah, it. That's and what then, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah, it's the same thing. That's why I'm saying natural immunity because it's so differential from person to person. Yeah, it it had uh, the the virus didn't have a set framework to evolve to, therefore it, not, it was nullified. So potentially, what you're saying is that if you had an unvaccinated population, you're going to have let's say a hundred different variants circulating. Yep. And then when one of those variants hits the vaccinated population and is able to get around the vaccine, because there is no evolutionary pressure on that uh, variant to change forms because it can easily get around vaccinated immunity, that's how it becomes a dominant variant. No, not really. I'm saying, well, I'm saying that Delta probably came from, that was like, Delta was really the first one that evaded um, vaccines. Mm. And I think that one was one that was specifically targeted at... No, oh, no, no, you're probably right. You're probably right. You're probably I just... Right. Yeah, from an... And again, look, we're, we're obviously trying to just figure this stuff out. We, yeah, we are spitballing. But from, from my perspective... I'm a car dealer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm a landscaper, which a uh, head of biomedicine at Bond University tried to pull on me in a Facebook argument months ago. And he was still wrong. <laughs> but anyway. He, did he keep that post up or did he delete it? No, he's deleted it. Yeah, funny that. And what's going to be really interesting is if he goes back through and deletes all the times, he rubbished ivermectin when in September the Oxford study comes out and will show that ivermectin's effective. Yeah. But anyway, before we get into the weeds, there's a lot of stuff going on at the moment. And where, where variants came from is kind of irrelevant. Uh, you've made the key point. The markets are dictating. Mm. This is over. The pandemic's over. Yeah. And we're seeing the walk back now. So every single pundit, every politician, every health bureaucrat, they're all moonwalking now. They're yeah. all walking everything backwards. And we're, we're seeing 
news stories every single... So all the media companies, news stories about how 91% of COVID deaths had serious underlying conditions. Yeah. This is stuff that people who were paying attention, we knew that, yeah. but we were called crazy for talking about yeah. it for the last two years. But now it's going to become mainstream. So this is what I want you guys to look out for. There are certain things that are being normalized via the media right now in regards to COVID before we move on to the next subjects. Some things that are getting normalized are the fact that COVID's not dangerous anymore mm. because the majority of people who die with COVID have had serious underlying causes. They're making that normal now. Two years too late. Almost like almost saying that that was what they've been saying the whole time. We knew it was old people. We knew it was obese people. And that's the key. Yeah. That, and they're going to bring you they're going to bring the uninitiated with them on that on that's that That's right. Yeah. These same people who were stoking the fear for the last 2 years are now switching gears. And this has a lot to do with Australia's federal election. Can we refer to the story that was sent to the group chat this morning? Sure. Yep. That Joel Hildebrand, yep. he put this thing up blasting the, uh, what, what was the title? The, it was like, I can't remember the title, but it was blasting the fear-mongering from the media for the last two years. And I clearly remember him being on a panel on Channel 7 and them asking, and he's and he's there pushing for the, the masking, pushing for the vaccine. Oh, if you're not vaccinated, you know, you just need to, like, you just, you don't deserve to be in society. Yeah. He was that guy. And now he's flipping harder yep. than ever. Because Where's his ownership of it? Well, that's the thing. We said months ago on the podcast, I think you brought this up, the media's going to turn first. They'll move first, for sure. And because they want to keep everyone on side. And again, most people, the vast majority of people, at least in our country, aren't paying attention to this as closely as we are. Yeah. So those people will go, oh, great, look, the media's spitting facts. Yeah. They've been doing the right thing. Because the media wants to keep everyone on side. Yeah. So... They're normalising the fact that people with COVID die of other e reasons. Mm. Here's some other things that are becoming normalised. Uh, Premod put up an interesting post, uh, I think it was yesterday or the day before, where he has been screenshotting article titles normalising heart attacks and blood clots. Yeah. And it was like 10 different articles that were all trying to explain all of these different things that cause heart attacks. And it was like cold weather, uh, you know what? What, I might, was the, what was the funny one that I heard was... Um, I might even try to bring it up. Is, is it true that one of the articles said that why these athletes were getting were falling over was because of the start? Oh, yeah, they were getting the spooked from the whistle. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just ask yourself this. Like, well, I try to... When I read something, I try to think, okay, well, is there any anecdotal evidence, like, in my circle that supports these stories? Mm -hmm. And think about this. How many of your friends went to hospital before for... The COVID, or no, no, no. for heart attacks, for and anything, strokes, and... for anything, yeah. right? How how many of them went um, as a ratio to now? Yeah, I've had three people in my network in the past two weeks go to hospital for adverse events at the booster shop. Three right. people. That is more than the people I know that went to hospital for for COVID. Um, now, does that fit in with what what that narrative, um, uh, what what that study purported to have said? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, these, these guys are all fit people. Yeah. So, of course, they're not going to get sick. Well, let me give you some of the reasons why they probably went to hospital based off these articles. So, this is an article from Express. Heart attack. Does skipping breakfast increase your risk? <laughs> Another article. Energy bill price rise may cause heart attacks and strokes, says TVGP. Another article from WebMD. This is WebMD. Yeah. Binge watching TV linked to higher blood clot risk. 
That's true. So, but think about it. That's a really smart one from yeah. a medical... Because we've been spending two years at home yeah. in lockdown in front of the TV. Yeah. That's what's caused the blood clots. Nothing to do with the jabs. Yeah. It's you binge watching TV. Yeah. Doctors say broken heart syndrome is real and it can be deadly. Oh, dude. Uh, from broken heart syndrome to cardiovascular diseases, your heart health needs extra care post-COVID. Mm. Tis the season. The ways cold weather can affect your body, from winter vagina to blood clots. <laughs> uh, any ladies out there, can you tell us what winter vagina is? <laughs> I've never heard of this term before. I've never I heard of it either. winter penis is. Yeah. It's just turtlenecking. That is smooth. Lonely older women at greater risk of heart attack study shows. Which is surprising because that's not what the evidence has, sh- has shown. The evidence has shown that the heart attacks have really affected young men. Yeah, do you know what I would say too? I, if I had to pick a demographic that was most likely to get vaccinated, it would be single older women. Probably. Yeah. I feel, just based on statistics. Just, just um, based on the amount of um, three vaccine emojis on their Twitter. Uh, yeah. Here you go. Uh, blood clots, the popular breakfast food that could enhance the risk of blood clotting. Vaccines. <laughs> Death. Yeah, yeah, it is. Pfizer snacks. Taking jabs for breakfast. <laughs> Death during sex isn't just something that happens Moderna to middle-aged men, new study finds. Yeah. Physical activity may increase heart attack risk, study suggests. So, again, what's the point? The point is, we're now at a stage where the pandemic's over. The vaccines have gone into enough people now. So now we are trying to normalise and the effects of the of the vaccine adverse events, like the HIV stuff, like, we'll, potentially like the HIV yeah, stuff. We'll come back to that, or we won't come back to that. No, just, just keep, put it in the back of your brain. Yeah. So that's I wrote, well, being normalised at the moment. I wrote down an anecdote. I yeah. wrote down an anecdote, and I'm I'm going to try and recite it without going over and grabbing it. Mm-hmm. We need to be in a situation now, and this is kind of our job, but I want you to start doing this stuff for yourself. When you listen to the news, ask, what is the story? Yeah. And it sounds easy, right? Well, obviously, just listen to what they say. No, but ask, no, what's the real story? That's right. Why are they saying it? Mm-hmm. What, who could benefit? Yeah. What is the, what is the big, what is the big play? Right? Because sometimes in a game of chess, you know, you might set up a certain thing to do a play mm-hmm. four or five moves down the track. That's right. And... Let's be real, with the COVID out, um, um, rollout, everyone in the media, everyone in the government was wrong. Yeah. Okay? And this is all going to come out. Mm-hmm. We've been saying it forever, but the media's going to flip on them first. Yep. And we're going to forget that they told us to do it. Mm-hmm. And the government told us um, to do it. So what's a good strategy? Well, you flick past to a different story. That's right. Diversion. And scarier. <laughs> Does that... Does that move us into... It does. So, yeah, what Alex is saying is extremely accurate and it's so important right now to when you are watching news or reading news, you need to separate the weed from the chaff. Yeah. The wheat from the chaff, sorry. You need to be able to figure out... I think you meant weed from the chuff. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But you need to be able to figure out what's news and what's noise. Yeah. Because there is a lot of noise going on at the moment. Oh, yeah. And so just to paint a bigger picture, COVID has been a massive worldwide scam, yep. especially when it comes to Western democracies. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We've been, we've been scammed. 
America's been scammed. The UK's been scammed. Israel's been scammed. Israel's been scammed. But it's largely over. And to try to deflect so that there is no blame placed on any of the politicians, health bureaucrats, the pharmaceutical companies that have been powering all the advertising behind all of this stuff, they're needing to switch our attention to something else. And that is this war happening in the Ukraine or about to kick off in the Ukraine. Now, just to... I want to sort of preempt this with on Thursday I walked... Um, my, my new place only has ABC News. I don't right. have Channel 7 anymore. Yep. And I just switched it on and Question Time was on. Mm-hmm. And the Liberal government, at every single opportunity, only pushed three things. The escalating tensions in Russia and Ukraine. Yeah. Uh, the Greens' relationship with... No, sorry, the Labor relationship with China. Yeah. And the Greens' relationship with Labor. Yeah. Those are the only three things. No matter what the question was, mm-hmm. they would somehow bring it to that. It was so, it was yeah. so clear a sales tactic, right? Mm-hmm. Don't answer the question, just shit can, those th- or bring up those three things. And all three of those things are noise. It's absolute noise. These are just noise. And I was going to... It was funny that you saw that, because apart from the Greens' ties to Labor, because everyone knows that anyway, apart from that story, I was literally going to bring up the two news items that you will hear about constantly day after day are the escalating tensions in the Ukraine over and Russia, and... Labor's links to China. Mm. Those two, that's the distraction. They're both just noise. Yeah. They are 100% noise. The, if we go to the Ukraine situation, now there is one thing about this that does concern me, and it is this. The Western governments and the AUKUS alliance, Australia, UK, and the US... I've already made the, re- the, the reference that... Or, like, yeah, you've already made that reference. It doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> They, they have pulled a massive scam on their own people. And this is what you need to remember. It's on their own people. And there's a lot going on here which you guys really, really need to be aware of. And this ties into what's happening in Canada at the moment as well. A lot of this stuff is all linked, guys. And it's, it's going to... You really need to try to pay attention to certain parts. Because there's a lot of things that have happened between these countries that has been uniform. And there's one key piece of information which ties it all together which is the fact that in the absence of war, because you had the Afghanistan pull out last year, there's no real conflict in the world at the moment. That the West is involved That the in. West is involved yeah, in. Yeah, there are, there are wars. Absolutely. But there's nothing that the West is involved in which can then unite, unify their countries behind that cause. They always need an enemy. And the scary thing, when you look at America, you look at, Canada, especially at the moment, you look at Australia and what's happened over here. Oh, yes. I know where you're going now. The governments of every single one of those countries has created a new enemy. Because every single one of them has started talking about the fact that domestic terrorism is the biggest threat to their countries at the moment. We've done it over here. We had the head of ASIO come out and make a speech during the week. Again, I feel government planned. Because he spoke about how right-wing extremism was the biggest threat to Australia at the moment. And he also spoke about the China story. Didn't link it to Labor, but him talking about China trying to infiltrate politics in Australia 
was the shoehorn to get that info out there because it comes from the credible guy, head of ASIO, so then the Liberals could use it to attack Labor. I I will, on that meeting though, I know that I watched a a clip from the Senate hearing with him Mm -hmm. and Senator Malcolm Roberts did ask him if they are looking at anyone that was part of the protests and he flat out said no unless someone is doing something really, really bad, but it's actually not on our radar, there's other stuff, which made me feel better than some of the stuff that I've heard Peter Dutton talk about. Yeah. And don't forget that we have changed, there was something that was changed in the last 12 months that I don't know if anyone talks about, mm-hmm. which is the fact that the Australian government now has an unprecedented power of being able to take over someone's digital identity. Yeah. And I don't think we spoke about it here, but that's yeah. really concerning. Because if anyone if anyone knows the story of, I um, can't remember his name, the guy, the Silk Road guy, mm-hmm. whether you think he's a bad man or not, he is in jail for life for two murders that he never committed, yeah. that were purely built by uh, FBI agents. Yeah, it was entrapment. It, they, he was entrapped. Yeah. And it sounds fine, and everyone... And look, we, we might be sounding really alarmist, right? But what I want to say, and, and we, we've experienced this with the COVID thing, mm-hmm. you might not care till it affects you. That's right. But you know what? could be too late. Yeah, and it will be too late. Yeah. And in Canada, to a degree, it's already too late. Because... To, to go into what's happened in Canada over the last week, which is massive. Huge. Absolutely huge. And this is, this, this is something that's really, really scary for apparently Western free democ- democratic countries. Mm. In Canada, you've had the truckers protest, which is currently getting broken up as we speak. So we're recording this on Saturday morning. They've sent the police in now in full riot gear. I've seen photos of badges covered up so you can't identify any of the police. They're being sent in now to clear out all of these truckers. Mm. The media has been told to stay clear or they'll be arrested. That's a concern. Yeah. Because we saw that in Melbourne last year, right? We spoke about it on the podcast. When when they had the protesters that, like, during the time they were shooting rubber bullets at protesters, remember they tried to put the no-fly zone over the top so the media wasn't able to report on it? Yeah. Well, that's what I fear is happening now, right now as we speak in Canada. Mm. Because I believe that the police are being sent in doing very heavy-handed tactics to get rid of these protesters. But this is the big thing out of Canada at the moment that's happened in the last few days. Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada, has enacted the emergency... I can't remember what... It's like a state of emergency like Mm -hmm. we've used over here. And what they've been able to do because they've enacted that is freeze bank accounts of anyone who's involved in the trucker convoy or who donated to it. So in other words, if you guys have never heard of a thing called geofencing... Your mobile phone, this tracks you everywhere you go because it's a unique phone number, which is unique to you. So what they can do is do geofencing on Ottawa and go, anyone who was involved in that area by their mobile phone, we've now got all your personal details. They're freezing bank accounts. You've got no access to funds. With no court order. With no court order. They... Unregister your trucks. Unregister your trucks. They can cancel your insurance. Yep. They can commandeer your... uh, Tow truck. Commandeering tow trucks. Yep. To, to um, remove the... To remove the... trucks. So this complete suspension of your rights. Now, the thing that you need to remember, these are protesters and these are Canadians. They're not foreign in, in insurgents, yeah. you know? This is governments branding their own people as terrorists and then using these powers purely because they're speaking against the government. Now, this is the big key point that everybody needs to know and everybody needs to keep in mind. 
These emergency powers in Canada, they discussed using these because they're the first government in Canadian history to ever invoke them. No, second. No, no, first. They were only created in 1988. Didn't his dad? No, that was a different one that was that came before this. Right. But the, these actual laws were created in 1988. They've never been used before. They discussed using these laws at the beginning of the COVID pandemic, but they didn't because Parliament decided it was too extreme. Mm. So let that sink in. The Canadian Prime Minister thinks that truck drivers protesting against vaccine mandates is a bigger risk to Canada and the country than the COVID pandemic itself. That makes no sense. Let that sink in. The protest against the vaccine mandates was seen as a bigger threat to Canada than the actual pandemic itself. See, I actually think I, I pulled out something which I think is more pertinent or more uh, of an issue in this scenario, mm-hmm. and that's some being able to freeze your bank accounts. Mm-hmm. Because uh, this is the biggest push for crypto. So, mm-hmm. so what Canada is doing is saying, okay, you're allowed to participate in the banking thing until we don't like it. Yeah. So we don't like what you think. Um, now your money's our money. This is the social credit score system mm. that we've been talking about, that they use in China, that they've been trying to shoehorn into every Western democracy. And the start of this was the vaccine passport, right? If you didn't have your vaccine passport, you weren't allowed access to certain areas. Mm. It's all about, it's trying to bring in this social credit system. So think about this. You've spoken against the government in Canada. Now you're not. Now you don't have access to your money anymore. Yeah. Now you don't have insurance. They also now your have, registration on your truck is cancelled. They also didn't have access to, like, same as here. You still couldn't. Like the vaccinated economy is very different to the unvaccinated yeah. economy. So unvaccinated couldn't go to pubs and clubs, and yep. and, and so there is a, a big push for control. Even though, like, we open this thing with, it doesn't work. Like this, 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 this pandemic is done. Yeah, it's over. Yeah. It's fucking over. And yet so that's the thing. That's why we're bringing this up now. Because the pandemic might be over, but that's only the start of the war. That's the first battle. Yeah, the flow on will be... And the scary thing, this is why I brought up the terrorism thing. Because Australia is exactly the same. If you get branded as a terrorist, the rules are completely different. Yeah. So if you get arrested for a crime in Australia, you've got certain rights. You've got your phone call. They have to alert your your family to the fact that you've been arrested. You know, you, right to attorney. Right to attorney. You've got all those rights. If it's a terrorism based offence, those rights go out the window mm. because it's a completely different section of the law. Mm. So when you've got which came after the last time we were lied to. That's right. This is all this is all counter terrorism stuff after the um, the war in Afghanistan and nine eleven. That's right. So th- these are the things that that again we sound like conspiracy theorists. But this is real. These things are real. These events, whether they uh, happened the way that they were portrayed or not, Mm -hmm. had long-lasting changes that never get repealed. None of these laws get repealed. It is not easier to go to an airport now than it was before. Even though it's very safe, right? Um, And this this kind of stuff, like, what if... Think about this. What if the government just decided that a certain... A certain uh, political commentary they didn't like, mm-hmm. and then they could switch your bank account off. Have you thought about that? Mm-hmm. Like, have you thought about the real effects of that? And yeah. that's what crypto is about. Crypto is about removing governments and uh, banks from what you do with your value. That's right. Okay, so if that's not the biggest push, 
for uh, why you need to set up a, uh, a wallet. Sorry, Michelle, I haven't done a video for it because that's the very basics. I'll send you a link. Mm -hmm. um, but if that's not a massive warning shot to say, hey, that, that system is not that secure for me. Mm. It's very secure for the government. But this is a scary thing about Canada. Canada has come out and said under these emergency powers, they are increasing the scope of their counter-terrorism financing laws to include cryptocurrency providers and the platforms that they use. Yeah, but, that's, but that, that doesn't matter because that's an exchange. It's irrelevant. That's the beauty of it. The only thing they can do is shut down a local exchange because We've... wallet is... If, if there is a... If there is a... You can transact on a DeFi protocol away from any government and away from any localised um, uh, crypto exchange. Mm -hmm. You can do it independent. This is, this is the thing. It can be done. Yeah, okay. So that all they can do is go to a local exchange and say, give us, because uh, like same law as here in Australia, mm -hmm. you have to do, do a KYC, know your customer, mm -hmm. um, which is a, which is a, a, a built-in rule that anyone dealing with crypto in Australia through an Australian exchange that exchange knows who those clients are. Yeah, and that's, However, a, that's a finance counter-terrorism financing. For sure. The beauty well. of crypto is that you don't have to go to a centralised exchange. Mm. You can go to a decentralised exchange yeah. where you don't know the person that you are transacting with. No one knows. Yeah. All right? So there is, there is a way around it. That, that will be a very weak policy. Mm. Now, did you also see the article about the bank run that's happened in Canada? Yeah. Everyone went to the bank and tried to pull all their cash out. Yeah. And banks are going to run out of money because mm -hmm. they don't have the amount of money that is in circulation, which most people don't realise either. Because a lot of the a lot of the um, provinces were blowing up about these uh, of these rules because the rules affect the entire country. Mm. Yet it's only in the state of Ottawa that has a problem. Mm. So they're saying, well, why are you putting these rules on all of Canada yeah. when you could you could localise it? Mm -hmm. And he's got nothing to say. And the other thing I would say too, watching Trudeau talk in this particular regard was pure theatre. The whole thing's theatre. Most of his responses are written for him. Yeah, but it is a performance to him. Because I can right. tell, I, I've seen some other interviews where he's been asked questions that he sort of didn't know. And the way he responds is very different. The way he talks is very different. Mm. These things are pure theatre. Yeah. And when he got um, criticised by some of the, um, I think the Conservative Party is mm -hmm. the is the uh, opposition. Yep. He got questioned. He couldn't answer them because That's it right. wasn't on the script. Yeah. So he would just refer back to the old talking yep, points. Just go straight back to the talking points. But even the way that he speaks about it is like a stage performance. It, it is. Yeah. And he's just his entire career has been rested on the fact that he's a pretty guy. He's a good looking like he's a good looking bloke. And generally, if you are a good looking, charismatic leader, that takes you a long, long way. So all he is is the figurehead. And the people who are really pulling the strings just put a script in front of him and he delivers it like he's on fucking Days of Our Lives or something yeah. like that. Or he's he does Ridge Forrester. He does look a bit like a Ridge Forrester. A, a little younger bit. Ridge Forrester. Yeah. Ridge is a bit more chiselled than, than he is. Way more chiselled. Yeah. But yeah, so so wrapping this all, all together because we are a little bit short on time. So we're, we've still got a little bit to go through. But the, the, two, the two stories at the moment that are noise is this war in the Ukraine, which is not going to happen. Although, I will say this. Do I put it past America to start a war to cover their own asses? Absolutely not. Uh, 
let, I'll lay out what I think this the situation is. Mm-hmm. I find it really surprising that whenever you see the media, when we're talking about this escalation, no matter what Russia does, it's always bad. Yeah. So when Russia had troops at the border, bad. Mm-hmm. When Russia moved troops from the border, also bad. Yeah. Okay, so how can they be good? Right. Yeah. You, the, the, the Western corporate media does not give any, Russia any opportunity to act Good. Now, they might not be, right? We don't know. Mm -hmm. But I also find it very surprising that when we make a live cross to somewhere Mm. to talk to a reporter who's on the ground, we go to Washington. So that goes back to what I said before. What is the story? Mm. The story is not the escalating tensions. The story is America's response to whatever they deem That's right. as as the um, uh, as the intentions over there. Yeah, and keep point out before you move on. When you when you watch the news, please, and they talk about Ukraine at all. Have they ever crossed to anyone from the Ukraine? Yeah, I saw one footage, uh, one piece of footage today for the first time of the Ukraine them showing a, uh, an alarm going off, mm-hmm. which is an, like an air raid siren. Yeah, but what they <laughs> the people. Didn't give a fuck. Yeah. The people in the, in the thing were just walking around like, like normal. The Ukraine government has come out and said that the Western media... Yeah. The sensationalism from the Western media has cost Ukraine a billion dollars a day yeah. in their economy. Yeah. Because of what the Western media has been doing. So effectively, if you, for those who haven't followed, there are... We, Australia is talking about it. America is talking about it. Britain is talking about it. Yeah. The, the, you know, the same people... That were, that were pushing us for the, the vaccines, they are saying that there's these rising tensions and effectively America is warmongering. They mm-hmm. want us to get into war. They are provoking it. Yep. They have, in the last couple of days, because it's funny, I was talking to a friend of mine, that we said, oh, I wonder when the false flag's going to come in. Two days ago, it's here. Yep. Right, so now America is accusing Russia of doing a false flag attack in the Ukraine on a kindergarten because they know that kids... Elicits yeah. a response from us, just like at the start of the pandy, show show a sick kid, yeah. you know, to elicit a response. And don't forget, they didn't show sick kids at the start of the pandemic, pandy. They only started showing sick kids once they were about to approve jabs for kids. Correct, correct. Yeah. So, um, the the U- Ukraine uh, government has flat out said. This is not what yeah, you guys are saying. There is no it problem is. here. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah, and um, Russia's foreign minister joked on Twitter because the Western media said that they, they were supposed to attack on the 16th, mm-hmm. which never happened, and they, the foreign minister tweeted and said, hey, uh, um, America and CNN, can you please give us a list of the dates that we're attacking so that we can arrange our vacation time? Yeah, so our, our foreign ambassadors can arrange their holidays accordingly. <laughs> <laughs> so this, but, but if you ask anyone on the street, they're only going to hear the taglines, they're yeah. only hear the, the, um, the, the big um, the titles of these things, the headlines, and the headlines are escalating tensions. Yeah. The only thing that's escalating is the West's response to something that we're it's creating. The rhetoric. Yeah. yeah. The rhetoric around this. And that's very important to know. Yeah. Because the same thing happened post Afghanistan. Yep. The but, exact but, same thing. But the same yeah, so the same thing happened back be, like to to create the buzz so that the Western world could invade Afghanistan, Iraq back in the early two thousands. Yep. It happened back then. The same thing yeah like so there's some other there's some actual key stories that have been really coming out 
obviously, the number one story is that the uh, that Omicron has done a better job vaccinating the world than the vaccines have. Yep. And when Bill Gates is talking about that, that is Bill Gates' failing because he keeps talking about how it's the poorer nations that are the ones that Omicron's done a better job of vaccinating. Mm. Yeah, it's because his COVAX program, which was supposed to be about vaccinating them on the cheap, it failed. It absolutely failed. Sorry. It failed the world. It didn't fail Bill Gates and his mates that made bucket loads of money out of it. And one of the comments he also made in that was that it's the first time that supply, current supply of vaccines outweighs the demand, demand for it. That's right. Which is really going to cripple... Uh, yeah, if you've got, yep. if you've got some... Um, Pfizer or Moderna stock, you're about to get hit. Well, that's the other thing too. There was two press releases that came out from the TGA during the last week about extending the shelf life on Moderna and (laughs) Pfizer vaccines. So remember, again, early on in the in the vaccine rollout, we're told about how it's this such this it's this crazy new technology. It needs to be kept at 70 degrees below zero. Otherwise, you know, it goes bad. So we, we had to set up all these different supply chains and you know, deep freezers and stuff to be able to store these things properly. And then now, all of a sudden, we've literally just extended, I think it was Moderna's shelf life by two months of these certain batches and Pfizer's shelf life of three months for these certain batches because they can't shift enough units in time. It's fucking over. Pandemic, it's over. So here's my prediction of what happens over the next few months. Prediction corner. Right? The Ukraine thing, there's no war, nothing happens. Ooh, okay. I'm, I'm throwing you out... You do yours, you do yours. Yep, yeah. so this is my thing. Ukraine, nothing happens, but the tensions simmer for at least the next month. Mm-hmm. Okay? In Australia, vaccine mandates, gone. End of March. Okay. And that's vaccine mandates to go to work as well. Yep. Because I'm already hearing whispers here and there about teachers in Queensland being allowed to go back to school. Yep. I'm hearing things about potential healthcare workers being told end of March is when they're going to be able to go back to work. Okay. Okay. I'm hearing whispers around. Yeah. And that also falls in line with my prediction from late last year, where I thought all these pandemic restrictions were going to be done prior to the election. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now the election's in May. So think about all the negative news stories that have come out about ScoMo in the last month. They're all out of the way now. Yeah. So you get all the negative shit out of the way. You give some breathing room. You create this Ukraine issue, Mm -hmm. which is something that we can unite behind. Because now it's a foreign enemy instead of a yep. domestic terrorist, right? And then March, ScoMo comes through. You get rid of all the mandates. So everyone's got good news. I guarantee you there'll be some sort of bonus money promised to a certain section of the community that going into the election, you'll get this tax break. It'll be a grand or mm-hmm. 750 bucks or something like that. Yeah, that's already happened, but yeah. Oh, has it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, nurses are going to get another 400 or uh, a week for two weeks. Right. And I thought there was something else about some other welfare bonus that's, that's coming out as well. Okay, well, there you go. Because yeah. dropping millies, dude, just when, when, was it when the printer go, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, that, that's the thing. So, print some more stimulus. They, some votes. they just buy votes because it's the, it's the uninterested majority when, I, when I'm in, in regards to politics. Mm. So people who are not interested in politics, if you come out and say you're going to give them a grand if you vote them in, they just buy those votes. That's how they win. Yeah. Okay. So mandates gone by the end of March. The Ukraine thing will probably fizzle out before the, like within a month, mm-hmm. I think. I think that'll be nut, done, dusted. 
and then we'll have to move on to the next thing. And I do feel like a lot of the stuff that's kind of at play at the moment, like that HIV story, because mm-hmm. you know what? There's a really interesting point to that HIV story, which I completely forgot about, but I remembered it during the week. Mm. The this is this is from last week's uh, conspiracy corner. If yeah, you, if you didn't listen to it, go back to the yeah. Go, go the back and listen to the the last. It's like 10, 15 minutes of last week's podcast because. It was about, there's a lot of links between HIV and between COVID and also the vaccines. And to give you a bit of a breakdown, there was a, a French Nobel Prize winning scientist who is who won the Nobel Prize in 2008 for being the co-discoverer of HIV, mm-hmm. who had analysed the COVID genome and had said that it was made in a lab and that they had inserted elements of HIV into the genomic sequence. Right. For whatever reason, he didn't explain. He said, I'm just reporting the facts. I'm not saying who did it or why they did it, right? So you've got that HIV connection. You've got the fact that the Australian university that was trying to create an mRNA vaccine at the beginning of the pandemic canned the program because the participants were giving false positive readings to HIV. You've got that. Here's the third thing, which I didn't even think about. Pfizer's new antiviral pill, Paxlovid, you don't just take Paxlovid. You have to take a second drug with it at the same time called Rotonavir, which is a HIV medication. And I completely forgot about it, but I just remembered it during the week. So so this is the thing, right? Where there's smoke, oftentimes there's fire. Mm. I all like you also would have seen there was the news story during the week of this woman who had just been cured of HIV. Yeah. Is that I feel like that's where we're heading next. Yeah, I think you're right. And so I agree with everything you said except for the Ukraine thing. Mm-hmm. I think there is conflict, but I think you'll find it'll be cyber first and they're going to blame it on Russia, but it will be the US. It'll be the US, yeah. And and, and I wouldn't be surprised if we send forces. I don't think we're there on the ground, but I reckon we as Australians send people over there mm-hmm. just to build some hype in it. Yeah. But we're never going to know the truth. Oh, we're not going to know the true story for, for five years. Mm-hmm. So I think there is conflict. Yeah. I think it would be made by the West because mm-hmm. um, we're good at it. We need a war. We need to sell some more guns in America. Yeah, um, and we need... Mil- the military industrial complex is, yeah. you know, is a very powerful force over there. And the biggest thing to divert people's attention from yeah. the COVID scam will be... And I also think you need to keep an eye on companies that are do that do genome sequencing because mm-hmm. now that now that the testing regime is over, it could be big testing for HIV mm-hmm. because they want. I think that data is like the so so you know how we went. People said data is the new world, like Facebook's yeah. data is the new world. We'll yeah. give the tip: genome sequencing is worth far more than what your shop data is worth. Yeah. And I think that's the next thing that's going to be farmed. So I agree with you. I think mm-hmm. that falls in line with, with, with your thoughts. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to see what GTA has done in China, mm-hmm. um, that company, that genome sequencing company. Yeah. Uh, but look for anything, anyone that's storing... Oh, what did, what did Bill Gates buy? He bought a testing facility, didn't he? he? Bought, yeah, and it's been interesting because the testing facility that he purchased hasn't come out with anything yet. So... We, it sort of looks like he's kind of missing the market when it comes to COVID. No, they're, but they're this is why I think they're gearing up. Yeah. And this is the point I sort of said at the end of that podcast last week. If you want to get real conspiracy theory and try to try to figure out what's going on next, I would not be surprised at all if all of a sudden HIV testing kits start becoming readily available and they test for this specific 
genome sequencing that this French doctor has found in the COVID virus, which has now infected billions of people worldwide. And then if you get a positive HIV test, which freaks people the fuck out, well, guess what? Now, it's great news, mate. HIV is completely manageable. Just got to take these pills for the rest of your life. Ooh. And on that note... Let's leave it there. We'll leave it there. Thanks very much for joining us, guys. We'll see you next RDO.